Amen. Are we there? Fantastic. Have me just smile at that person beside you. Maybe you're, uh, you never know. to turn our attention just to psalm a psalm tonight there's 150 of them so there's lots to choose from but let's look at this particular one 91 psalm 91 what a brilliant psalm you know this psalm i might just drop it slightly jay thanks mate um this particular psalm is the the theologians debate over whether moses wrote it or david wrote it I tell you what, I'm really happy to say David wrote it. Is that okay? Because I really think it suits his style. So let's read it, the first nine verses. It says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High or rests in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, my, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers under his wings. You will find refuge, his, and you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge. And you make the most high your dwelling. It's a psalm that says a lot, that uh, it declares some pretty powerful things about our lives. But you know, it's interesting for us to be able to achieve or receive the benefits of this psalm, which says, you know, uh, that God will cover us, protect us, look after us. There's just something that he talks about that's really clear. And he talks about being in a place of secrecy with him. He talks about being in a secret place. And uh, it just clearly it says, he dwells in the, in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And, and you know, um, you know, I just, uh, over my time, I, I, I started just to think about the realities whenever, whenever there's ever a secret place I ever had, quite literally in my life. And I always remember as a young man, when I was growing up, uh, I probably was about 10 years of age at the time, um, that I had a, uh, I had a cousin who was a couple of years older than me, and I, and, and I used to go and spend copious amounts of time just having fun with him. Boy, we had a great time. And his father owned a uh, supermarket well before there was Woolworths and Coles. Whoever remembers those days? <laughs> and the supermarket he owned was quite a large one, and so there was plenty of boxes that were thrown out or just thrown under the under the. Um, Neath the actual supermarket in the downstairs department. And uh, I always remember we taking these hundred or so boxes and we stacked them all. And then we built a cubby house right in the middle of them. And you couldn't tell where the entrance of the, pla- of the cubby house or this secret apartment was because the, all the boxes all basically looked the same. But we knew the one box that you took out and you walked through this little tunnel and then you opened up into this wonderful chamber, which we, of course, called our secret away and we had all these types of thoughts that we were uh, protected from any villains and we had imaginations and schemes and dreams we'd share and uh, that cousin of mine uh, led me to the Lord when I was 13 uh, he was 15 
Uh, and every, probably every several years, so just last year, he lives in Canberra with his wife and children and we went down there and I spent great four days with him, had a brilliant time. And you know, it, he's just been an incredible friend. And ever since we were two, I got a picture of him and, and me when we were two years of age. I, well, I was two and he was four and we played together. And for all these years, and now we're in our, you know, a little bit older. I was going to say what age I am, but you know, when you get to that age, you don't like to say it. So, but anyway, uh, always have fond memories. And I always remember this time where we built this secret place, where we built this wonderful place that no one knew about. And to this day, no one really knows about it. I mean, it's not there anymore, but, <laughs> but we knew about it. And one of the things about that secret place, and as I read this psalm of David, um, and as I look at it, uh, you know, I, I, I consider the reality that, you know, our God wants us to be and find that secret place with Him. And, and I'd like to just share some secrets of the secret place. Uh, that place where God would just want us to be in our lives. And you know, the, one of the things that I, I find was so important in my secret little place with my cousin, uh, those times we'd, we'd sit together, there was built a level of intimacy uh, between us that was healthy and it was strong. And it's, it's lasted the decades of our life so far, that the great friendship that we built and established. And if there's one thing I've discovered in that secret place with God is the, the, the incredible ability that God wants us to create and build an intimacy with Him. An intimacy that actually goes beyond just the quick, oh, you know, hello God, I'm off. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've got a busy day. It goes beyond sometimes just the, you know, it's got to go beyond that. It's got to go beyond the... The moments so of we quickly uh, maybe throw down a couple verses for the day because we just feel like, well, that's what we need to do. Uh, but it, it's talking about building something. And, and as I contemplated what intimacy really is, um, we just see in the verse, uh, verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place. Do you know what? Up there it hasn't got it, has it? In verse 1. It's missed that, but in your Bible it's got it, hasn't it? He who dwells in the secret place. It's missing. It's missing that part in the verse 1. doesn't matter. It is there. He who dwells in the secret place. And then in verse 9, it says, uh, um, Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, uh, you have made the most high your dwelling. And the word dwelling is interesting because it just literally means a place of retreat. You've ever had to find a place of retreat sometimes. I'm not retreating from life, but just a place that's... that's, um, that's um, just quiet and we all need that place you know in 24 hours period that we have of every day we've got to find a place to sleep we've got to find a place to eat we've got to find ourselves uh, things that we have to do there's work there's all types of things but I would say that you know if you go through a 24-hour period and failed to continually on a regular basis ever find a place that's just a retreat just a quiet just to settle your heart and more importantly, just settle your heart with God and just find that place. I, th I think that, you know, life can get pretty strung out and pretty pressurized without that. And, I, I, and, and the word retreat means that. It means, sorry, dwelling means to retreat. It's a word that describes the security of intimacy. And if I ever thought of intimacy, I suppose I think of marriage. And I know not all of us are married here. Um, and that's fine, but one of the things that I love about marriage is the intimacy 
of communication and conversation than I can have with my wife. Uh, there's nothing like it when we just get and talk about life. And sometimes I've got to remind myself of that because I don't do enough of it. Uh, but it's the very thing that creates a strong bond and relationship between me and Michelle. And, you know, in this secret place, one of the secrets of the secret place is that you can create an incredible intimacy with the Heavenly Father. And when you have that, you create a, a relationship that can withstand the pressures and the struggles of life. Um, and I've discovered that I cannot have an intimate conversation with my wife on the run. I've I, I got to stop. I've got to pull up a chair. I've got to sit down, not in front of the television. You know, you've had that. Can I talk with you? Yeah, honey. What do you want? I'm watching the television. That's never going to happen, is it? Never going to get intimate when I'm watching television. <laughs> and she says, turn the telly off or whatever I have to do. And uh, it's just a matter of uh, getting my full attention and communication. And the secret place is a place of sit and talk intimacy. And uh, what it just encourages, have we forgotten about that place? Because, you know, God wants to talk with us more than we probably want to sometimes listen and uh and we need to realize that in the busyness of life uh, we need to create that here's a verse it just says in matthew jesus said love the lord your god with all your heart soul and mind and uh this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it he says you should love your neighbor as yourself and you know one of the things that i've discovered in life that i find people in christians can swap those two commandments around and sometimes they put love your love your neighbor which we definitely need to do as more of a priority than loving god now it, we don't do it on purpose often but it's, it's a concern uh, that i have that sometimes and that we if we do that and uh, if we continue to maybe place people before our heavenly father and we meet people's needs, which we need to do, which we're here to serve. We all love doing that. We love caring, helping, supporting, serving people. Let's never give up on it. But I want to find, I want to tell you, you find the strength to pour out when you only have spent time getting poured into. You'll only find the strength to pour out and to touch people's lives and the love. And when you spend that first part of the scripture, it says, come on, why don't you just love God? What did you find that discovery? Just love our God first. Place, find that intimate place. Find that secret place. And not put them around the other way. Because I found people who sometimes uh, serve, 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 serve other people, which is wonderful. It gets to a point of burnout or just gets to a point of frustration or gets to a point where we get, um, it just, we forget why we're really doing it. And you know, um, and we need to come back and uh, realize uh, not to treat, you know, to, to realize the importance of our relationship with others will only flow well when it flows out of a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Would you agree tonight? That intimacy that we need in that secret place. Um, but we can get so busy, can't we? And sometimes we can treat God like a petrol station. You know, to my, I don't like to, to confess it, but the reality is, I can drive into a petrol station. I love driving and you know, I love doing. I love to keep busy. I love to keep everything's on the go. Everything's happening. But you know what? I've discovered that stupid petrol gauge goes down and I have to pull up sometimes, turn the car off, stop. But even when I pull up to a petrol station, I put the, uh, who's ever done this? Put the nozzle in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, 
tank, of course, and you're filling up and thinking, why doesn't this thing go faster? Who's ever done that? And it only takes about 30 seconds to a minute, something, maybe two minutes of your life. And yet you go, why isn't this going faster? And sometimes when we pull up with God and we go, oh, okay, God, this is your time. God, can we get this over and done with real quick? I just want to fill up so I can get on the road again. And I've discovered that God doesn't work like that. He just wants some time. He just wants some time. And we spend our time so busy. Uh, but he says, come on, turn your engine off, park it for a while, and uh, let me be God in your life. Find some intimate time. You know, there's an interesting, David did say this in Psalm 27 verse 4. He said, one thing, I love this, one thing I've desired of the Lord that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire his in temple. Isn't that wonderful? He says, one thing I desire, one thing that I dwell in God's house. Here's another thought. Paul actually said this. He said, one thing I do, which was the pursuit of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says, one thing I do is to pursue Jesus Christ. What his call in my life, one thing. And here's another one from the Old Testament. Um, Jesus said this, Mary of Bethany had discovered one thing is needed, that was sit at Jesus' feet. And Jesus added that she chose the, the really good part. And I want to just say to you, have you lost the moment of the one thing in your life? And I would just say, God wants to call you back. Come on, um, come on. The one thing Paul, David did, Paul, David and Mary did. And you know, I've discovered all hell will stand against you in trying to, uh, if, if you're ever becoming intimate with our Heavenly Father, ever getting that moment just to sit down, talk to God about life and let Him talk to you. Read His Word. All hell will break loose to try and stop you. I've so often found, I think, I'm just going to have some time with you, God. And everything else happens. Oh, you get this thought. Oh, I've got to go and do that. So you go and do that. 20 minutes part later, you come back. Right, I've got it, I'm ready. Oh, you know, is it just me? But, you know, we've just got to, you've got to, you've got to really fight for it. You know, some of you fight for your marriage. Some of you fight about relationships. You really want to hang on to those because they're important to you. Why don't we just fight for the relationship with our Heavenly Father? And in the secret place, find that intimate place. Circumstances will distract you. Um, your to-do list will get bigger and bigger. Um, the demand of your life will escalate. Satan will employ whatever it takes to keep you from the becoming a person of the one thing. The one thing. And, uh, but if you can become a person of one thing, uh, one of the things that you'll always do, it's not the only thing you'll do, but the one thing that you do is spend a time of intimacy with God. You find that it becomes an incredible passion and you become a firebrand in God's hands. Amen. <laughs> you see, a person who knows their God will do great exploits. And I just want to continue to do great exploits. So there's a secret... The secret of the secret place is this, intimacy. The second secret of the, of the secret place is this. It's a secret of confidence. Um, in my secret cubby house with my cousin, my internal fortress that we had that no one knew about, we grew, we grew uh, to, to learn. I believe in some way we were growing to learn to be men and to grow in confidence. Because we'd done some wonderful things you know, all good and, and healthy and above board and all that. But it was just the things that we'd done and the excitement we had just in that secret place. And 
and the dreams and the games we would make up and the th- board game. We actually, my cousin had this incredible ability to build board games and, you know, we'd have these full-on board games with battles happening and, man, it was just, a, I just always had a great time. One time, I always remember as young men, um, he found, we found a Bunsen burner. Do you know what a Bunsen burner is? It's that, you know, it's that thing that's attached to a little gas bottle with a tube and it's a cylinder and you light it up on top and, and you know, there's a little flame. Chemistry, grade 10, who remembers it? And, uh, and so we took the Bunsen burner into our cubby and uh, we, we got a whole bunch of lead and we melted it and we made all these little round um, cylindrical things and they looked like coins and that was our treasure. That was our treasure. It never kind of... You know, it never kind of dawned on us that we're surrounded by a hundred cardboard boxes and we're sitting literally in the midst of that. Praise God I'm alive today, hey? <laughs> Praise God they didn't find two little burnt bodies in the <laughs> amongst a whole lot of ash. They didn't. But as I look back now, later in years, I thought, what a ridiculous thing to do. But, you know, as young men growing up, you don't think of that, do you? just go for it but there was a lot of things a lot of confidence we gained and you know as I look at this psalm if we just go back um, uh, to this psalm it says in verse 9 uh, oh sorry verse 2 I will say of the Lord if David said this, this is what David's saying I will say of the Lord he is my what refuge in my fortress my God in whom I trust uh, I just think that they the writer of these words as I said I I'd like to think it was David. Um, what he's saying is true. And, and, and there's something of a confidence there as he makes that statement. In God, I'm going to trust. He's my fortress. He's my refuge. In God, I'm going to trust. And the word confidence means is a feeling of certainty. A firm belief in something. Something that gives a feeling of security. And having a selfie health esteem. Knowing who you are and what you're about. That's what confidence is about. And I want to say the God of heaven and earth, David declared, is my refuge and he's my fortress and him I will trust. And God, you know, this is the same God who parted the Red Sea. This is the same God who took Daniel in the, and shut the lion, mouths of lions. It's the same God who helped me kill the lion and the bear, if David was the author. It was the same God who helped me kill Goliath, the God who kept me safe in the wilderness from my jealous um, father-in-law who wanted to kill me. It's the same God. He's my refuge and my fortress. And how can we, you know, we can say that. Can you say that with confidence tonight? Because I believe it kind of displays that, you know, we can be confident in our God. And in the secret place, you establish incredible confidence in who you are and what you're about because you have a relationship with God. He establishes your identity. And when you're in that place of just communicating and talking, God creates a real understanding that your ability and your life is not based upon just you and all the wonderful things about you, but it's based upon Him. And there is such a power in knowing our identity is in our God. Um, You know, so many times in Scripture, it says, in Christ, in Christ. And and in, in Acts 17, 28, it says, for in Him we live and move and have our what? our being it's in christ that we live and move i would want to suggest to you in that secret place when you engage in relationship with our heavenly father he builds such a confidence and a security about who you are and what you're about and i find so many people have lost their identity today 
lost their identity. We work, you work with young people and so many of them are trying to find themselves and don't know where they're going and who they are. I want to tell you that one of the most incredible identities we can have is in Jesus Christ. And in that identity and knowing who we are, we discover who we are. Because he's our creator. He's, our, he's the one who knows how we tick and how we work best. And, um, and uh, to be honest, there's a lot of people in this world say, well, you know, my confidence is in evolution or my confidence is in science or my confidence is in all these other things. And when you really drill down on them, man, they, they might they really find that, that, that the confidence that they really do have in those things isn't so strong as they think it is. But I know when we know our God and know our Creator and who made us, there's a confidence in that. And there's a security in that. And, uh, and we find who we really are, our identity. And um, as we spend time in God's presence. And then we're able to face the world and all the struggles and all the pressures that we have to undertake in life on a daily basis sometimes. Man, we can walk forward with confidence. We can walk forward. You know, and... Um, you know, as I was just contemplating this thought, this maybe even maybe is a word of encouragement of knowledge. There's someone here, maybe more than one person here tonight, and you're struggling because you're concerned about what someone else will do to you. You're just concerned. Maybe it's in a work situation. As I was just prayerful about it, I just want to encourage someone. And you're concerned about what someone might do. Work situation, or maybe even a family member. You're concerned about how this whole situation is going to transpire and what this person can say and do. I want to tell you, would you just run into your God because you'll discover that your confidence, when you get your confidence in Him, you won't be concerned and you won't have to be fearful and worry about it. Amen? And I'm not quite sure who that might be, but please tell me later on if it's you. Because God wants to speak to your heart and encourage you. Your identity is found in the secret place. And that is the secret place of our Heavenly Father. Daniel faced the lion den with confidence. Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo faced the fiery furnace with such confidence. Esther, if you know the story in the Old Testament, had to go to before the king, and the king could have, of course, had her executed for such an act. She went with confidence. And I want to tell you why. Because they knew their God. They knew who God was. And they discovered the secret place. Here's the third and last thought tonight, just in regards to the secret of the secret place. The secret place is a secret place of protection. It's of protection. I, uh, in this, uh, in this uh, little internal cubby house and fort that we had, David, that's my cousin, um, we, used to, we used to hide in there. And his dad, of course, would yell out over the back, who was working in the, in the supermarket, he'd yell out over the back veranda and he'd say this. He'd say, David, where are you? I've got some jobs for you to do. And David and I look at each other and go, doesn't know where we are. He'd walk back to down, down, back to down, uh, down the back stairs, and he'd literally be just meters from us because we're inside this cardboard fortress. And he'd be saying, "Where are you, David? Come on, I got some jobs for you." And inside, this is our thoughts. He's just the evil villain who wants to enslave us. <laughs> and it wasn't because we're being disobedient, or it's just that we. Incredible imagination. He's the villain. We've got to stay. He wants to enslave us. So we're going to stay away from him. God, this, this, this secret place is our protection. He never knew that we had, to this day, he doesn't know that we built, and he certainly doesn't know about the Bunsen burner. So don't anybody 
come up with the idea of telling him. But uh, the reality is it was a protection. It was our fortress. It was the place of refuge. And, uh, and it just says in Psalm 91 verse 9, the last verse, it says, Because you have made the Lord he's, who is my refuge. And in verse 9, the refuge means to shelter from the storm it, or to flee for protection. And you know, none, no less than 20 times in the Old Testament, this word refuge is declared. It's a protection from the storm. It's a place to run to for protection. It's a place to go to. And you know, I want to tell you that the world doesn't provide what God can provide in the way of protection and refuge. It's just, it's, it's just not there. How many times have I just looked at a situation I was in and thought, how, what, how stupid was I? And yet somewhere in the midst of it, there's just been divine protection and, and uh, God has just looked after us somehow. He's brought us through. And you've got that testimony, many of you. I want to tell you that God looks after us more than we realize. But I want to tell you how you can know his protection and be confident in it is when you walk into that secret place and say, God, what it, nothing that happens to me today, God, will ever take you by surprise. I can trust you. I can trust you. He is our refuge. Even the New Testament, they encourage us the authors of the New Testament say, come on, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. How many times have we just neglected to do that? Say, Father, I just need to come to that secret place. Um, when we make the Lord our refuge, when we come into that secret place, we can cast our cares, we can give him our needs, we can give him our fears, we can seek his counsel, we can spend times of refreshing, um, you know, encouragement. And I'd love us uh, tonight just to consider. Maybe you're here tonight and feeling burnt out. Then draw aside and refuel and refresh in His presence. Maybe tonight you feel battered. Maybe unwell in your body. Maybe unwell sometimes in your thinking and just your thoughts is just confusion and just wants to reign. Uh, draw aside knowing His encouragement. Maybe tonight you're lacking in confidence and healthy identity and it just oh just gets so fearful and nervous about things that are going to happen you're not quite sure of the future you know i want to say you can know a confidence in jesus christ in the refuge in the secret place can we stand we're going to close tonight we're going to finish and we're going to sing a song in a moment god he is our refuge Our, bat our batteries can run every, every several years, depending on what battery you've got in your car. You've got to change it. You've got to change it out because it just doesn't last forever. And sometimes we've got to realize that we've got to, we've got to just allow our battery to be refueled, refreshed. Every, it, it, I would encourage every 24-hour period, you know, just to say, Father, just draw aside. And, you know... It's, it's a, it can be a fight for us because there's so much. In Western society, there's so many things that take our time. And you know what happens is the world um, kind of plays with pleasure and says, oh, this is pleasurable and this is pleasurable and this is pleasurable. And it makes you feel good, but it doesn't add substance to your life. It doesn't add a foundation or a strength. Only time spent in God's presence does that. All those other wonderful things that make us feel good... Uh, are fleeting 
But our God isn't fleeting. He's permanent. He's solid. He's rock. So how about tonight we just take a moment and we just uh, sing this beautiful song that the team led us in earlier. And just for a moment, say, God, come on. Just contemplate what your day, your week, your year has looked like. And you know, some of the times we don't feel pressures of life. You know why? Because we run away from them. We run away from the problems. We keep as far as we can away from it because we don't want to feel that pressure. But you know, when you run into God, you can face that thing, move on through that thing and out the other side and say, God, you're my strength. And not run from things, but face things. Come on, let's just for a moment. Let's sing this song. Thanks.